Hey guys, Damian Leone here, writer, director of Terrifier and Terrifier 2. And this is David Howard Thornton, Art the Clown himself. And you're listening to Nightmare Junkhead. Kill you soon! <laughs> of your consciousness like a bad dream you can't wake from this is the nightmare junkhead podcast a horror podcast that is forever envious of anyone who possesses a green thumb <laughs> my name is greg d i'm genius mcgee and on today's episode uh kaijun continues as we hail to the king and talk 1989's godzilla versus biolante and whether you've spliced genes or not, you can listen into our show. Simply search for Nightmare Junkhead wherever podcasts are played. Hit subscribe, and when we drop our latest episode, we'll download directly to your listening device of choice. All up in your G-hole. Just <laughs> the big G, the big G. Now, uh, you can find us out on social media. Uh, we're on Twitter at Nightmare Junk and on Facebook at Nightmare Junkhead. And it is on that book of face where we have an events tab, which leads to shenanigans and mutated flowery shenanigans. And as this episode is going to be releasing on Friday, June 23rd, uh, if you find yourself in the Kansas City area, head on over to screenland.com where they will have your giant flowery shenanigans taken care of indoors, outdoors, and virtually. And more importantly, head on over to the Friday Night Fright tab. Mm-hmm. And the Friday this episode releases, Genius McGee. Woo, this movie's going to be fucking red. The apple of my eye. And a movie that, as we mentioned last week, very early on. Real early on. In this show's run. Like episode five. One of the perks we initially found of having a podcast uh-huh. and being part of the, the media. We uh, First time viewing in the basement. So ideally, hopefully... I'd love to have it in theater one. Yes, that would be, be great. rad. But I imagine it'll be in two. Regardless, regardless, we're gonna have a good time. And if you've never seen Turbo Kid, oh. you are in for a treat. And especially, this will give you context. Especially when we talk about Turbo Kid versus Kung, Kung Fury. Fury. And if you watch Kung Fury and then you watch Turbo Kid, you'd be like, oh, okay, I get it. I got I get it. it. Now this movie's fucking magical, man. Any anything that's made. Post 2010, but set in the year 1997, has my 100% approval on. Yep, post apocalyptic approved. Mm -hmm. Uh, Now, then looking forward to the next Friday Night Fright that'll be closing out the month of June, a movie that did participate in Into the Mouth of March Madness, Mm -hmm. and again is going to be a first time viewing for one Dustin Pryor, Mm going to be able to see Sam Raimi's Bruce Campbell. Versus the Army of Darkness. Fuck yeah, I can't wait, you primeval screwheads. This is going to be rad. I'm glad he's going to be able to see this for the first time in a theater. Uh-huh. And I know both you and I saw it in the theater. Oh, yeah. Opening it's, weekend. And quite honestly, we had the discussion in Into the Mouth of March Madness how this is the one in the franchise that I've, I don't want to say grown less fond of, but it's one of those that I don't seek out all that often. It's the one that I've seen the most of, yes. but like not necessarily like... It's more like, hey, Army of Darkness is on. Cool. 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 I'm going to watch it. So, 
I'm actually looking forward to seeing how this plays. Mm-hmm. Now, that being said, uh, the other repertory screenings that are going to be happening on the weekend of the 23rd, uh, ha, an- uh, another one that actually uh, we did. So Turbo Kid was not only early run in uh, Nightmare Junkhead, mm-hmm. but we also did it as a Monday Mystery Movie Night, mm-hmm. therefore a live episode of Nerds and Nostalgia. Another uh, movie that we did as a Monday Mystery n- Movie Night and a live episode of Nerds and Nostalgia, uh, Buckaroo Banzai Across <laughs> the Eighth Dimension. <laughs> Big booty. That movie's great. That movie's so wonderfully weird and great because wherever you go, there you are. What's up with that watermelon? <laughs> Tell you about it later. <laughs> it's a movie, though, that I have seen not work for everyone. Right. I have I have seen it go against and... But when it works, it works well. It works real well. It works really well. Now, another uh, one that's also going to be playing that weekend, and it's an I've seen that for me, and even looking at the filmography of one Ken Russell, mm-hmm. I've seen a few of his films. I know they always pack a punch. He's that Civil War guy, right? This one, I don't believe this Ken Russell looks like a Muppet, quite oh, honestly. Okay. Uh, but uh, Crimes of Passion. Sure. I believe this one has um, Kathleen Turner. Ooh. I Ooh. think. Or Melanie... Or Melanie Griffin? Griffith, p- perhaps. Huh. I just remember the VHS cover. Is it the one... Is the VHS cover where she's like spread eagle and she's well, sitting there? Well, like she's got a dress on, yes, but it's yes, like... But it's, and it's, then she's got like... Like that would like the like just sitting there like yeah yes that is that one that's that one okay <laughs> so this is your chance genius to finally figure out what's behind I always the VHS thought I cover. thought it was ribald I believe it is I is it? it is it's early eighties ribald as well ooh yeah so so yeah. is it like a Bo Derek jam it would be appropriate to have the beaded curtain oh as you walk through we're gonna blame it on Rio y'all y'all. We're going to try. We're going to try. Uh, now, that on the 24th, outdoors on the Saturday, and another one I know we both saw in the theater, and I know I went in because I knew the Mighty Mighty Boss Tones were part of the movie, but I left thinking, my God, what an amazing movie. Very Bring It On-ish for me as well. Like, come for the creep, stay for the actual Lee, it's a good movie. <laughs> As if, genius. As uh, if. Clueless in the back. Uh-huh. Going to play like gangbusters. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It That's... still holds up well to this day. And it's you're going to have so many Rick Dalton moments from mm-hmm. so many 90s character act- or kids character actors today that got their start back in that day. And uh, character actor, not Robert Wool. Oh, who's that? The dad. He's great. Um... Oh, Nick Tatelli. Yeah, Dan sure Hyeda. Dad is great in it. Mm-hmm. Dan Hyeda. He's Cher. <laughs> Get over here, Cher. Mm-hmm. Everything about him in that movie is wonderful. Now, everything about that movie is glorious. So we hope to see you outdoors there. Now, of course, those of you that are not in the Kansas City area and you're hearing about all these wonderful movies we're seeing indoors and outdoors, and you're like, I would like to support Screen Land and you can. Uh, the easiest way, of course, is to become a member of their film family by heading over to patreon.com slash screenland. But genius, if I'm talking cats, uh, Patreon and film family. Hey, kitties. <laughs> we also have our own little, would it be a herd of kitties? I herd mean, of cats? Gaggle. A gaggle. Yeah. A collection of people that have gathered uh, over at Patreon. I call them family. It's a family gift. 
it will already have played at this point, and mm-hmm. you will have already seen it, I'm sure. Probably with Dustin Price, probably twice, <laughs> and probably three times with your mom since Statham's in <laughs> Statham's it. I would assume. It, yeah, I know. Yeah, okay. Not to get off side rail, but just the other day, we're feeling we're doing this way in advance. Mm-hmm. She's like, uh, so August, uh huh. It's my birthday, right? Uh huh. So August is coming out. I'm like, yeah, yeah uh huh. Where are you going with this? And she's like. That's when that new Jason Statham Megalodon movie, Shark movie, comes out, isn't it? I'm like, yeah. You gonna take me there for my birthday to see that? And I'm like, you're damn right. I'm gonna take you for your birthday to see that movie twice. <laughs> it's so funny. Her love of just Statham. Everything Statham. Everything. Everything Statham. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's great because Statham's rad. He, he is quite good. He he is very much in the family. Now, for those of you in our uh, film family at Patreon, right. If you're not in the Kansas City area but would like to hang out with us, there's a way we kind of do that because uh, we're going to be doing our latest Shudder shout-out, mm-hmm. streaming two films via Shudder. Uh, now, that being said... Oh, it, it's our to-be-announced one! We're recording far enough in advance mm-hmm. that on the day we're recording, we have yet to record our thoughts on the lake, right? of which we'll be dropping on, this, on the 9th, of which we will have already figured out what the Shudder shout-out's going to be. This is where time gets wabber it gets, and yeah, wonky. Wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey. Now, whatever two films we're going to be uh, streaming via Shudder, by joining our film family, uh, we put together, what do we call it? The, the home version? Oh, it's the home game. Of, uh, where we put together a customized pre-show, uh, video introduction with Genius and myself, mm-hmm. vintage trailer reels for each movie, and then, of course, the post-film discussion, of which is born some pretty amazing fruit. Oh, yeah. There's been some awesome shit up Even there. just our last one with Day of the Animals, I think, is still an all-time. That was glorious. That oh. was glorious. A lot of fun is had. So uh, to have access to that and so much more. By the God of Melville, join the pallies. <laughs> Head on over to patreon.com slash nightmare junkhead. Yeah, a, a lot of stuff coming up here in July, actually, as it comes. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So that being said... Kaijun continues to stomp on through genius. Dun, and dun, dun, dun. I think it was written in our charter when doing Kaijun, we have to do a Godzilla movie. At least At one. At least one Godzilla movie. Wouldn't be Kaijun without the big G himself. We, we kicked off the very first year. With the, the OG. And then we closed the last episode of Kaijun in the first year with Shin Godzilla. So mm-hmm. the, the big thing is... And what I knew going in when we were doing all of this is how many Godzilla movies there are. Um, that's And that's just Godzilla himself. That's not including all the other kaijus out there. It's unreal. So we knew going in there were so many different ones to choose from. 38 movies. 38 movies Godzilla has. Mm-hmm. Biggest franchise. Unreal. Yeah. Puts James Bond to shame. He is the king of the monsters. Wears the the crown for a reason. Mm-hmm. Very well deserved. And even looking back since 1954, there are so many films that they have basically cataloged them. Yeah, we have eras with Godzilla. Uh, we have the Showa era, which I think that's the one I know. That's you mine. Really that's my with. favorite one. That's that's the one that would they would show on Channel 19 and 41 and 62 mm-hmm. and. Because it was the most accessible one, and that's the one that that 
has the weirdest shit. And like we're talking about Millennia, uh, we're talking about the eras. I think my two uh, favorite ones are the Shoah and Millennia because that's the one where the aliens are all involved and everything just wacky and weird, and and Godzilla's just there to fuck <laughs> shit up. I mean, Godzilla is like Reese's. There's no wrong way to eat a Reese's. There's no wrong way Godzilla film, but mm-hmm. you, there are certain flavors. But Shoah, yeah. That's that's the one that I that's near and dear to my heart. And Shoah, I've had a really good time kind of filling in my gaps with those. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, the week this releases at this point, I made sure to do first time viewings in the Showa era, the Heisei, and the Millennium mm-hmm. because there's so many to choose from. Right. I like the old school ones though. But and, yeah, but... Godzilla versus Hedorah mm-hmm. is still an all time weird. So weird. Weird viewing that I'm watching. I'm. It's all Smog about dog monster, fish dance party that breaks out because mm-hmm. you know we're gonna get the giant monsters, the smashy smashy as you put right. out. But it's what do we do with the people in between? And when you can do weird stuff with the people, monster from Planet X with aliens coming down and any shit. kind of that kind of engagement, I appreciate. And then Masura. Even the side characters, all the little with the weird fairies that they have, yeah. Well, it is that they establish so much in the Showa era, but you definitely have a more kid friendly vibe mm-hmm. outside of really the first two. Yeah, he 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 became <laughs> like Wu Tang. He's for the children. And I have to imagine about that time. That's when Gamera became. Then he's really for the children. A friend of the kids. Mm-hmm. I I have found out with the first time viewing. But then there was basically a lack of interest in Godzilla, put him on the shelf, and then in 1984, I believe, is that's when we kicked off with the Heisei era. Well, because you're always going to want smashy, smashy. You're always going to be fascinated. Like we said, I think it was last year, um, when you're a kid, you always want to see big, giant monsters fuck up stuff. And after you've seen it, the old ones for so long you want to see something new and by that time that's when you have these fi- uh, fan turned filmmakers yeah. who yeah. grew up with those Godzilla movies were like shit my kid needs to see some cool new monster kaiju smashy smashy the world needs to see new smashy smashy <laughs> and like we'll find out later on going on and even with the Godzilla then the next generation now we're seeing now with the monsterverse it's like there's this primal need to see Wanton destruction, you know, <laughs> well, and and it works as as for a kid mm-hmm. and as an adult. And as an adult, like the fastest shredded mini wheats of kaiju films. The kid in me loves the smashy smashy, but the adult in me also loves the smashy smashy. But now enjoys the political intrigue of shit too, and can now understand the weirdness, kind of. Well, and that's what's fun is going through all these eras as my first time viewing with so many of them mm-hmm. is. Watching them adjust and kind of evolve to the trends that were going on in Hollywood, right to the point where, like you said, a lot of them in that Millennium era, they're matrixy, matrixy, very matrixy. There's Starship Troopers, fucking motorcycle foo, fucking laser foo, and that's the human characters. I wouldn't be surprised to see Godzilla on a motorcycle with a big ass breaker sword like Final Fantasy doing some crazy shit in the Millennium era, and I'm fucking here for it. And that's just it. I loved a lot of, I've seen two, I think, throughout. We did an episode Mm -hmm. of Final Wars Mm -hmm. last year. Final Wars is 
wonderfully mad. Oh my god, it's wonderfully mad. I think multiple times throughout that, I was like looking and going, "My God, is this happening?" <laughs> yes, it is. This, yes, it is. This Godzilla is not your grandfather's Godzilla movie. <laughs> Doing flips and shit. <laughs> but then we get the Rewa era, which is current with the Shin universe, mm-hmm. and That's, Shin Godzilla still. God damn, Shin Godzilla is a good movie. But again, the political intrigue. I would. I doubt highly. If you would have showed ten-year-old genius yeah. Shin Godzilla, he would have been like cool with the smashy, and then like uh. pushing the fast-forward button. Like, here comes Godzilla again, cool. <laughs> oh, cool, you know. So, but now watching this, like, I'm like, God damn, this is intriguing as Engaging. shit. God damn. The ba- thankfully, the baggage we bring it changes so much. However, the baggage we're using still is embroidered. With some sort of Godzilla sticker or something from our youth, mm-hmm. you know the we whatever we're carrying it, smashy smashy. It works. Mm-hmm. It works. So when we were programming everything, the Godzilla movie, I think from the beginning, I've always had on my radar was the this one from the Heisei era, and specifically based only on the footage that I've seen of it of the mm-hmm. giant monsters with the smashy smashy. Because looking at Godzilla versus Biollante from 1989, yeah, the same year we've got Batman coming out, right? The same year we have like Lethal Weapon two, I believe, coming out. This little monster movie. Oh, this little monster movie that is just so over the top, but yet there's a lot going on in this movie that I was a not lot. anticipating. And this is the direct sequel to Godzilla '85, I yes, believe it was, which, which I saw in the theater, and I remember seeing in the theater because it still had one of the best Godzilla jump scares with these big like fleas, Godzilla-sized fleas on a jump ship, fucking scared the piss out of me when I was a kid. I remember that scene vividly, and so then like. I haven't seen Biolante since maybe like 95, 96. So this right? is in very much with a lot of the movies we've been you've been going back to it's like a first time watch. Almost a first time watch, yeah. but I do remember seeing a lot of things and I remember being like this movie is really weird as in like it's a hard to follow plot. But then again, I was like 15, 16 at the time when I was watching. But I'll still go to bat. It's kind of hard to follow. Some Godzilla movies you can just throw on in the background and we'll just wait for Smashy Smashy if that's what you're looking for. But if you're wanting to know what's going in, don't you can't drop in and out no. on the on the Heisei era because like it's a story. It's like the Yakuza of Godzilla. It's like <laughs> there's like nine films deep in the game series and in the thing. They're all interlocking. They're all the same characters moving forward. You can't drop in and out of that one. So like at least especially in this movie because this one is weird. There's like dead spirits. Mm-hmm. There's bioengineering. There's mutant cells. There's like Godzilla run amok and he's just fucking doing whatever the hell he wants to. That's one good thing. He's I always liked it when Godzilla's the hero, but I always like it more when he's just not necessarily the villain because you know he's gonna get dispatched, but he's just like, I'm just fuck shit up, just going about my day. You know? That's when he's just doing his thing. I there and there's something to be said with this film, the fact that when we were looking at our checklist of what makes a good kaiju movie mm-hmm. is, of course, Godzilla's going to scratch, check every list. I right. mean, they made the checklist out of well, Godzilla, Godzilla movies. But I love the fact that we do look at something 
rather than nuclear energy in terms of the folly of man, we now have biotechnology and mm-hmm. bioengineering mm-hmm. and the new dangers of that. Well, they're trying to create a bacteria. No, which... no good thing in any movie, way, shape, or form. And I'm including yogurt because yogurt is vile. It's my, you might love it, but it's not good for me. So have like, they not seen the stuff? No, exactly. <laughs> I used to love bacteria, but I'm not a little kid anymore. <laughs> right? No, don't create bacteria, especially with Godzilla cells. With Godzilla cells, and they're trying to, and it's not just like. So we have the science aspect, but we also have like all the military aspect because mm-hmm. like the X two with the whole like refractive of rays. I'm like, that's it's, actually kind of fucking brilliant. It's super cool, <laughs> right? That's really, really. You know, missiles and guns don't work. You, Raymond Burr told you it wasn't going to work in the last movie. So what makes you think it was going to work in this one? So I don't know. I liked like the fact that like, hey, we're going to try and that they had. A specific task force just to deal with Godzilla. We have a hierarchy of alerts mm-hmm. that is established early. It o- it opened up very uh, uh, Escape from New York, it's... but it's <laughs> Escape from Skull Island or something. Because like alert force, alert G level one. If there's a sound or if you hear rumbling, mm-hmm. alert force two. Also, if you have any psychic. Abilities and abilities. If you, you have any throw psychic that in dreams, because like that one scene is like all these kids have been having dreams. What have you guys been dreaming about? Yay! And they're all holding up Godzilla. Bum 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 bum. That moment, I'm not gonna lie. And throughout my first time viewings of all these films, they they always seem so familiar because I've seen so many of them. But that music and that theme now has brought me. Close to tears of joy. It's combined with the imagery. And be it the kids' drawing of Godzilla when Godzilla rises out of the volcano. Mm -hmm. And that theme has started to mean so much more to me now. And even when that theme itself becomes mutated, remixed. Oh my lord. The action theme. So. I let's talk about the music. Uh, Kochi Sugiyama composed the music of this movie, mm-hmm. and right away they borrow a lot of the old themes, which I think is great—the classic themes, mm-hmm. the ones we know. The dun 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 dun, bum bum bum, bum 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 bum. But then we add the new stuff. And it was during, I think, the initial action sequence where we, I even wrote down Godzilla action theme mm-hmm. because of just how out of place it felt, but it kind of worked in the context of the movie. Because at it, that time when we first hear the action theme, it's there's like military versus military. Yes, there's like, like all human action. Right? There's like espionage. And that's <laughs> the thing. In every Godzilla movie, there's Godzilla smashy smashy, but then there's the human subplot. And that's where you make or break the yes. kaiju film. But this one, it's all over the place because there's industrial espionage, military espionage, mm-hmm. corporate espionage, spy espionage. I mean, not spy espionage. <laughs> but like spy action, all this different stuff, bureaucratic action going on, different levels and layers. And then one like, oh, we'll just make Godzilla jeans. <laughs> you know, it's okay. We do whatever we need to do for whatever we know. Damn the consequences. <laughs> 
Oh, the bureaucracy. I would love to play a Japanese businessman just for a day. Just for like, just Jovial. to live the life. Just like, <laughs> and just throw money out everywhere. And Isn't that like an extension or an added thing that you can get for the Yakuza games at that point? Absolutely it is. And that's where I want to so do wait. it. I want to <laughs> just cement in my bag. I want to just be able, go to hostesses bars and like fucking just throw wads of yen all over the place. Then go see karaoke and then beat up some ruffians. That sounds wonderful. All the while, Godzilla's the in the background. So I'm thinking one of the reasons that this movie might be so weird, genius, is the fact that it was part of a whole promotion after Godzilla Returns. Mm-hmm. They opened up story ideas to fans, and were like, "Hey, you know, if we like what you write, we'll make it the new Godzilla film." Yeah. And sure enough, uh, this uh, Japanese dentist, uh, his name, uh, Shinchiro Kobayashi, provided the story, the the DNA, the botanic blueprints of Godzilla versus Biollante. Now, it should be noted, though, he's kind of a ringer because he used to write for Ultraman back in the day. So even though he's now a dentist... He's, you know. he's got that DNA in the Ultraman but, stuff. But you know what? That's fair. I mean, if he's got a good story, it's a good story. And it's this is weird <laughs> enough to keep you like guessing and engaged. Well, and I went in knowing that Biolante has these incredible multiple variations, mm-hmm. the various forms. Um, but I didn't know how much I would be engaged and loving the people parts to all this. Uh, there's just kind of a lot of there's a lot of people a in this. Lot of There's people. a lot of people. And like this is almost Shin God Shin Godzilla level of, of just characters. Yes. And and just cause it was not it wasn't hard to follow because you would just kind of oh, no, work your you, way you up had, in Shin yeah. Godzilla. But this one everybody's intertwining and all over the place. And like what I was saying earlier, you can't exactly. just drop in and out no. of this movie and expect to come back and be like, oh, okay. At least not with the plot. Uh, with, with the plot B. Well, thankfully, we do get a previously on Godzilla. Mm-hmm. As we get what happens in that first quiz, because you were like, hey, hey this is from... This is from the one that I saw in the theater with Raymond Burr. This is from 85. <laughs> so, yeah, so we... And, and we even see what I really like with kind of the universe they establish here is the forever effects of Godzilla mm-hmm. from the establishment of their security force and the armed force to to, to the that, Godzilla Memorial yes, Lounge. Yes. Where it was out of a building with a big old Godzilla handprint still in there and they just glass it over and everything is all fancy. That's morbid but kind of cool. But it makes sense yeah, in that universe. Yeah it does. And it says so much about how they've been dealing. and With the disasters and shit. Because like, there's that same shit at... Uh, where the the spot of the twin towers was, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know. So of course it makes sense, you know. It's dealing with the disaster, dealing with That's something just crazy. It. It's how do you process, right? And if anybody's had a lot of crazy shit happen to them, it's Japan with natural mm-hmm. disasters and whatnot. I mean, again, that's... they went through another Chernobyl just like two years ago. So I don't know. Yeah, it's no. nutty. It, it's it's it's. It makes sense given the context of everything they've gone through, like you said. That it's how they. I mean, Godzilla has always been a an, an symbol of perseverance mm-hmm. and adaptation and evolving, yeah, you know, and dealing with a lot of stuff. I think again, that's why we keep going back to him. Uh, we did talk about the dream reveal, and this is where we get the introduction of the psychic, which. Mickey. 
I, 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 so I've watched exactly one Heisei film, mm-hmm. and that is Godzilla versus Destroya. The last one. The last one. <laughs> Are you like, what the fuck? I liked it, but what the fuck? Loved it, but was like, what the fuck? Because, as you said, this is kind of the start of this of the, all the continuation mm-hmm. and all the continuity from Biolante to Destroya. So I was like, okay, there's a psychic here, and she's got a connection. Is that a baby Godzilla? Oh my god, what is happening? What what? Oh, the auction destroyer is now thrown back into things. What kind of ride are we going with Heisei? Right. What is what's happening here? So going back to this though was really nice. You're going like, oh oh oh, this is simpler oh. time. You basically you jumped in with Yakuza Five. Yeah, I did. Yeah, like before double. playing Yakuza One through Four, I was in between Godzilla's toes right? long well, before there was any happening? kind of rumbling. Like John Travolta, like what's going on over here? <laughs> it was, but watching it this way too, though, it makes so much more sense, especially establishing that yeah, we've got more psychics now mm-hmm. that are out and about, and how can we use them to be in alert of Godzilla? In but connection with Godzilla. That, see, that's the interesting thing, but that's always been around. You know, even from the Showa era. Showa. You know, even from like the, the second connection between the Pixies and Mothra. There's always been somebody that's, that's been able to communicate. It's just that I like that they're, like you said earlier, to evolve and adapt with the times and make mm-hmm. it more 80s. Make it more early 90s to get a little bit more bombastic and wild and... and, and Ultra stylistic with it, not as ultra stylistic as the millennium. No. But there were but. moments camera work here that I really dug. In fact, the, the Dutch part- angle at the part where Godzilla's like okay. towering over the Godzilla species. versus Osaka, that entire sequence was rad, unreal. Mm-hmm. And if I'm thinking about what a Godzilla rampage during a city looks like, to me, that's that's what I think of. Mm-hmm. And it's the suit design, the special effects in here, I think, and again, all practical. Uh, we've got, let's see here, the uh, Kochi Kawakita did all the special effects, uh, and that is also kind of a redesign on Godzilla. Mm-hmm. And I think some of, by some of the stuff we've been watching, I think a lot of... It's you, more iconic. It you, seems more bestial. And that, do you have a, a favorite style or look on godzilla uh <laughs> i like the cookie monster godzilla he's just like kind of like the one that i grew up with with that yeah. kind of the big goofy goofy. Eyes. yeah but i like this look of godzilla because the only thing i like when his ears are a little less pronounced but at the same time i like the just maw full of teeth and i like the ferocity mm-hmm. of it mm-hmm. but i think honestly after all the kaiju i've seen Shin Godzilla might be my favorite one because Shin Godzilla is just really, really dope, and it's in the finer details of Shin Godzilla. Well, and it takes kind of like the way that angle that they do with like uh, his rampage on Osaka, and just so many of those just slow sweeping shots mm-hmm. in Shin Godzilla like that that are just terrifying. And that's like I, I think what I also appreciate more with Heisei is Godzilla is still very much. Not a bad guy, as you said, but he's just, just this, a beat. He's just yeah. a force of nature. He's just a hurricane, a tsunami, just coming through, fucking shit up. And the creation of Biolante comes from a need of something to defend against Godzilla, mm-hmm. but also with our sad scientist and the loss of his daughter, that he splices her DNA 
with, with flower rose, DNA, yeah, yeah. And, and then Godzilla's, Godzilla's DNA. And you're like, wow. First of all, all that is a bad combination. You put any of those two together, and that's bad news bears. You know, do you want mutants? That's how you want mutants. That's how you wind up with mutants. Um, but uh, <laughs> put all three of those, shit. Of course something bad's going to happen. And then we get Vinely Diddly. From the get, from the get, as soon as Bialante, she's not even out of the out of the flower stage yet. Just it's still in a glass jar. And taking on and taking out the the Americans these, who are uh, the most American Americans that ever Americaed. That one guy with the, the he had the, the, the American, American hat. hat like, yeah, we're gonna get these spy secrets. They don't like America very well, much. You know what? The, and, the, and totally, that's fair. That's, yeah. In fact. We both got a giggle out of it because yeah, we we're like, "Hey, at least we know who the bad guys are." <laughs> but the dispatching of them, and the way this movie was shot, uh, this was shot by Yuda Kato, and I just I thought all the monster shots were beautiful, mm-hmm. especially from the because they were usually at night, so you've got some incredible use of shadow, so it's highlighting all of the good stuff with them, but at the same time. You're not seeing any of, you know, the, but the other, wire works yeah. and what. One shots that I really like when he wasn't, I liked the aerial shots from when he was coming out of the ocean and all the battle scenes of him. You obviously can tell it's in a big old pool, but it's that Godzilla pool and it's the Godzilla, and yeah. and he's just tearing shit up. Meanwhile, airplanes are, and he's just like, "Fuck you, I'm dead that way." It's we're gonna have. It didn't happen. I'm kind of shocked we didn't have the Francis in the bathtub. You know. But any time I see that, I did it as a kid in mm-hmm. a tub. Because it's cool. The miniature work on display here. They're neat. They're wonderful. It's great. They're, they're really finely detailed, especially like when he's rampaging through the town. I mean, and they do a really good job of like mending the computer effects with the, the practical ones. Because there's some scenes where I'm like, oh, that's really nicely done. The Godzilla's sneaking up on you in the background. <laughs> and it's fun. It's okay. a good little shot. It kind of reminded me of, and I guess maybe it's a, it's a trope in the kaiju films, but in War Gargantua's, mm-hmm. when we're expecting the lady to get eaten. Right. <laughs> Words get stuck in your throat. And as as the generals or the colonel said, uh, the medicine is best taken orally. Pow! Had a quip for Godzilla, but was quickly dispatched. And he's one of the characters that you root you for. You root for. You're like you like him right out the gate. And that's the problem. I almost I almost turned to you and was like, oh shit, did he just die? Because there's no question. He's he's gone. Yeah, he's... that entire building's gone. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> like, which is why you don't talk shit to Godzilla. No, no, run not face to face. Not face to face. I'll talk shit all day long, but as soon as I hear like, oh, Godzilla's been spotted in Missouri. I'm done. Go, go, Godzilla. <laughs> <laughs> Awful. We then do, again, uh, going back to uh, Biollante's initial attack on the Americans. It's a big giant rose when it finally steps out into the oh, lake. Beautiful. It's cool. And again, shot at night with all the smoke around it. Like that, to me, that's why I wanted to watch the movie. I saw those stills, mm-hmm. and they're just—they're beautiful. Yeah, it's like neat. I had to see how that looked. It's ethereal and otherworldly. You know, it's a guy in a rubber suit, but the way they film it, the way it looks, the way they shot—it's graceful, it's really cool looking. Yeah, it's ethereal. In fact, gives a lot of vibe. You have to admit, off of uh, Audrey too. Mm-hmm. But then when he turns into his like oh, next the s- form, her next form, it's just 
spidery and bestial and just very scary. A lot of more and, vines. And the way that it moves kind of a spidery. It's this perfect mixture of plant and animal, just like Swamp Thing gone terribly wrong. Yeah, actually. With Godzilla. And he fucks Godzilla up. He is violent towards Godzilla. Or she is violent towards Godzilla. Uh, anytime one of the other kaijus get to like incorporate like a spray of some sort, whether, whether it is the golden variety... <laughs> That's a really big hit. Yeah, it is. Yeah, Kaiju-sized hit there. The golden spray. Or whether it is of this kind of variety, where it is more acidic, mm -hmm. to the point where Biolante is trying to basically eat Godzilla. That's how big Biolante is. He's got a head in a big it's old bite. Huge. Impales Godzilla with, through the hand with oh, one of the vines. Just, whoosh, the Godzilla, man, that was right? intense. I was not Just expecting that. Right through the hand. Godzilla. There's even a point where Godzilla looked... We, we didn't even get the, <laughs> yeah. when, when he first encounters uh, Violante's final form, Godzilla looks at like, what the fuck is this? Like, Godzilla's afraid for a second. Like, Jesus. There was some good... Really good Godzilla face acting going on at that moment, and mm -hmm. that's just a credit to the puppetry and the practical effects that they put together here. Uh, it's adapting with the times. Uh, even like the atomic breath, I do kind of miss a little bit of the buildup that we got in the sound effects from the Showa era. Mm -hmm. It almost like they were kind of establishing new, like whole like a uh, sound you know effect volume. Like he's got new powers. Is like the, yeah. <laughs> In fact, I only heard a couple of the kind of the classic <laughs> screams and everything. Mm -hmm. as yeah, well. he didn't. He growled a lot. Yeah, he didn't, scream, he didn't do his classic roar too often. Didn't hear too often, and that's mm -hmm. the stuff that I've kind of grown accustomed mm -hmm. with that's the what nostalgia. I want with Godzilla. Yeah, but we still get um, a lot of stuff. We get the introduction of, and which makes sense is this idea of growing a bacteria that can actually eat away nuclear. Um, Energy and after effects. Again, bad news bears, because in theory, anything that's going to eat the nuclear waste is going to become itself radioactive, and then we're going to have giant mutated bacteria. That, we're going to have 28 Godzillas later. The foil's a man. We go in with good intentions, and right? it you know, never ends up that way. But when we get the bacteria introduced with Godzilla, there's this whole discussion about raising the, the temperature of Godzilla's blood, which, God help us... We both went to yes, Looney we, Tunes. We both went to like, so is Bialante going to turn into like this like sexy Godzilla? It's a little makeup. Do, do, little do, 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 right? And Godzilla, oh, turn into God help us. We both did. And I'm not proud of the fact that we did, but that just kind of goes to our upbringing. Uh, what we go to immediately. <laughs> but I guess, yeah, if you're going to bring in, you know, lean into the science on this Sexy side. Godzilla, why not? Why not? You already cloned Godzilla plants, you know, and then Godzilla plants can shape shift. So why not shape shift into like a poison ivy esque Godzilla creature? Well, and I'm sure there are some corners of the internet we don't want to go probably, around. It probably looks like the, the, no. the female gremlin, just big giant kaiju size. Give me a, the kaiju-sized Robert Picardo, and we're in. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, the the final form of Biolante again, large, monstrous. in charge, monstrous. Um, I think it was Dustin actually pointed out the spray itself, very great Muda. Yeah. Wrestling, which yeah. 
there you go, uh, Mount Baldy, with the assist on that side. I'd forgotten about that. Um, we go the score. We talked about kind of like how it goes a little Weber wonky. It's all over the place. A little John Williams esque in parts, mm-hmm. especially a little. He leaned a little heavy into a Jaws theme. Well, and the, the thing is, some of the music was wildly out of place. wildly inappropriately out of place like there's a very touching heartfelt scene going on it's like or like something action-packed it's goofy and you're like wait wait it doesn't work well apparently uh the composer wasn't able to see any of the movie so composed thing, everything was written beforehand and then applied to the movie, which when I when I read that afterwards, I was like, okay, that makes sense. Because it didn't take either of us out of the movie. No, but it was like, wait, that doesn't sound right. It was noticeable. Because when the music worked, it worked really, it worked well. really well. yeah. And then when it didn't, it almost very pieces-like. <laughs> but not quite like... Right? It wasn't going south levels of like, what the fuck? But like, you're just like, did they skip tracks on this one? Mm-hmm. That doesn't sound right. No, it it just seemed a little off. And that, But then they would just bring in the classic themes. And you go, okay, we're good again. Mm-hmm. It's Which I don't know if that's cheating per se or if that's like... Low, you know, just low hanging fruit. Well, if you got Godzilla, you want the Godzilla themes. This is know? true. I this mean, is true. A little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. But overall, it worked for me. The music worked. Uh, I, I did like the action theme. I don't know why. Like, it works. It works. Uh, the final bad guy, the the Cobra bad guy, the the true espionage bad mm-hmm. guy. <laughs> <laughs> His ultimate dispatching. His dispatching was great. After all the kaiju violence and everything, we were almost like, "Oh yeah, that guy's still in this movie." Because the final fight has happened. Godzilla have, has. Uh, is you know it's bad when Godzilla's like, "All right, I'm done. You well, in? I'm out. I'm out." He he gives up. He's like, "Okay, cool. I'm out of here," and goes away. And Biolante turns into the spirit of Erica and off she goes into to her home planet. Yeah, Poochie Poochie away. Okay, we're done. Oh yeah, the spy guy. And so meanwhile, they have these Oh. They have this delightfully very smart whenever Godzilla would walk on the sensor, they'd push a button and it would like zap, you know, Godzilla doesn't walk. Godzilla doesn't roar, right? Kind of shit zap him. And sure enough, the spy guy's like, I got Godzilla's bacteria, and I'm going to sell it to the Sardinians, I think he mm-hmm. said. Right? Sardines. Sardinians. The Clopex, right? So he's like, I'm going to sell them to the Sardinians, and nothing can stop me. Zap! He, he stands on one of the Godzilla landmines, and he basically fries himself to death, and it gave me the biggest oh, fucking giggle. It was wonderful, because <laughs> if surprise ending, surprise bad frying of the bad guy. That's the way you end a Godzilla movie. Rated PG. This is extremely violent, and there was like some choice language for PG movies. It's 1980s, though, PG. That's we, true. We grew up with that That's kind of PG. True. I mean, you have to think about some of the stuff that we are subjected to. Now, mm-hmm. it makes sense, and this is why I think, you know, with Heisei, why I've really grown to... This is my second one. Now, I will have watched... I'm trying to remember which one I have scheduled to watch. I, again, it's going to be watching a Showa, a Heisei, and a Millennium. Uh, hold on. 
because I know there is Space Godzilla. Mm-hmm. There is Godzilla Returns. There's uh, Godzilla versus Mothra. Yeah, There's... it's one of those that I will be taking in. But uh, this has just been good, knowing you know, you know, knowing what to expect from every era. Uh-huh. You know, just uh, again the kids stuff from Showa. The more adult stuff from Heisei, the and weirdness the and wildness, and to the more grounded reality of Rewa with some of the new Shin stuff as well. And then, of course, we got the MonsterVerse. Which, the newer stuff, which we did on Patreon last, two years ago, I think, we uh, did a new horror episode when we talked uh, Kong versus Godzilla, mm-hmm. of which Adam Wingard, of all people, directed. Right. And there's a new the new one's coming out, I think, the end of this year? Mm-hmm. Or is it next year? It should be the end of next year. They're already having teaser trailers and shit out now for it. So And then we even looked at the fact that uh Shin Kama Common Shin Common Rider. Yep. Uh-huh. That whole Shin universe is exploding to the point where uh, not saying that we're gonna be exploring it possibly Closing right, out this kind of year. There might be something coming on. Uh, but uh, it's fun. Shit, nightmare junkhead. Oh, God. Just actually, now I'm afraid to we get just... more violent and gritty. <laughs> Awful. <laughs> but I'm curious to see 10 years from now if we're still in the Rewa era or if a new era is beginning mm-hmm. or if maybe, you know, we're in between eras. But I think at this point, it's hard to argue against Godzilla. Yeah. And his continued relevance and how people that grew up with him and kaiju movies and how they find themselves in the entertainment era. I think someone mentioned uh, this was one of the first films, you know, with the Heisei era where, like you said, you have the people that grew up with Godzilla films, that next generation. Yeah. We're able to, you know, I want to make a Godzilla movie. Because somebody's going to, this is going to be somebody's first Godzilla movie. Guaranteed. Guaranteed. Man. They're probably going to be questioning what the fuck's going on. But they're going to be happy, though, with the smashy smashy. Oh, they're going to like the smash, And it's good smashy smashy. Really I good think smashy, like that's smashy. one, like, like at the end of the day, you want some smashy smashy with your kaiju movie. And if you don't get good smashy smashy, you're not going to be happy. Yeah. I enjoyed the smashy smashy. The fighting between the kaijus were great. And then, like, our checklist, of course, with Godzilla, he's big enough. The foil's a man. Although man did put up a good fight. Man does do Man, you put, put up, up a good, good fight. fight on this one. That's yes. another thing. I'm like not saying that I enjoy it, but like, uh oh, anything they give God the big G a run for his money. I'm like, all right, cool. Like you said, when he throws in the towel, mm-hmm. that's that you've done well. Yeah, exactly. And he's like, I'm good. I'm out. I'm gonna go play <laughs> Charles Barkley now. <laughs> so, needless to say, this one definitely was a good way to fill in, uh, you know, our Godzilla entry uh, for this year's Kaijun. Now, closing out next week again, mm-hmm. let's just say it, uh, this is going to be one that I was lucky enough to see in the theater. It's going to be a first time viewing for you here at home. It is going to be a new release. I believe well, we're going to have to probably rent this one. But uh... Now, as an added bonus with this episode, I'm actually going to include... Uh, my thoughts on a f- my first time viewing of a movie from the millennium era, and that is Godzilla, Mothra, and King Ghidorah, Giant Monsters All Out Attack. So I hope you enjoy that. Now, that being said, uh, what giant monster movie are we going to be closing out with next week? Well, you'll just have to tune in to find out. So until that time, this is Greg D. I'm Genius McGee. And we'll see you in your dreams. Off we go.
and happy Kaijun for all of you out there that are uh, continuing to celebrate us with us here. And I, listen, there's no wrong time of the year to watch a giant monster movie. But at this point, we're three years in. It's a tradition when if I'm waiting, if I'm wanting to watch a giant monster movie, ideally, I am going to hold off until June to make sure I'm celebrating celebrating Kaiju the right way because there is a Kaiju sized gap in my Kaiju filmography. But my favorite one to fill is the Godzilla filmography. And all throughout this week, I'd like to say, you know, we've, we've gone on a journey <clears throat> starting on Monday with a sampling of the Showa era. Uh, love Godzilla versus Megalon. A lot of fun. Uh, a sampling from the Heisei era on Wednesday with Godzilla versus Space Godzilla, which technically I have yet to watch. I've actually taken in today's episode beforehand, so I have I have no idea the kind of journey I'm going to go on, but it's the Heisei era. At least I get a kiss-like looking uh, kaiju monster all in for it. But today we have a sampling and we end the week with a sampling of the Millennium Era. And the Millennium Era, ideally, from my sampling so far, it's wild, it's weird, it very much reflects a lot of the the onion of the belt of the time. And in the early aughts, that was wild and weird in and of itself. And I knew of the reputation of this movie, this is the one that, by reputation, owes a lot of allegiance to the original. So much so that there's a scene in the film where they do a recreation of a scene during Godzilla's rampage in the original movie because a character in this film is a survivor of that original rampage. Uh, this movie just knows where it comes from. And then in a lot of ways, which a lot of horror films and genre movies are doing this day, ignoring all that came after the original and saying, no, 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 this our film is just a direct sequel. So all that that came before it, I know you loved it, but it has nothing to do with this particular film. And I that's what I knew. I also knew Godzilla was super scary in this one and that this one is also really really violent so i'm not saying my expectations were high but i was really hoping to have some fun with this and listen not only did i have some fun with this the fun was had in a way that i think this one would very very much play really well on the big screen because the practical effects are wonderful the updated animation and CG effects definitely hold up, but it's the level of violence that happens and some of the gags that occur that I think seen with a crowd would just just knock it off the screen. And it starts from the get-go because <clears throat> I will say this, the composer of the movie, Ko Atani, who some of you are familiar with, especially any of our gamer geeks out there, 
Uh, he composed the video game composition for Shadow of the Colossus, which is appropriate since that's a giant monster. But he plays a little homage to Spielberg as the initial tease of Godzilla. You hear the Jaws theme, and then it cuts to the title card, and the title is Godzilla, Mothra, King Ghidorah, All Out Monsters Attack. It is overwhelming, and the bummer of it is, it's like, oh, wow, this, or you get all three of those monsters? Oh, no, 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 no. You, If you act now, we're going to throw in an extra giant-sized kaiju for free because Baragon shows up in this film. And there's a really interesting history behind how this movie came about, but regardless it all starts with Godzilla, King of the Monsters. And this Godzilla is indeed possessed. And he's possessed by the souls that were lost via the Japanese atrocities during the Pacific Conflict. And the idea is that a lot of the current generation has forgotten those atrocities and Godzilla is the rage of those souls that were lost because being forgotten. And that rage brings about this version of Godzilla. And this version of Godzilla looks like he spent some time in Italy. And it's not because like he comes on a, you know, giant Vespa and is like, you know, and ciao. Nothing like that. It looks like he did some time with Fulci. And and it's because of the eyes and the eyes, which depending on your era are sometimes goofy, creepy or expressive. But in this case, they're pure white. It's as if he uh, went into uh, the beyond and then was able to step back. And it's the whiteness of the eyes. And it's also his overall design which adds to the terror of Godzilla and why he is so truly terrifying in this movie is normally people are just nothing to him. They are but ants. When he's stomping through things, they are an afterthought. But in this movie, there are times where he legit has this, there's this moment where he's going along, he he takes the time to stop, does this dramatic turn, and realizes there's all these individual people that he can destroy. And he does, activates the breath, and then it cuts to this classroom of all these kids. And then there's this flash of light, and they're all kind of freaking out, and they look out, and they just see this giant mushroom cloud it's intense it's freaky and i'm like holy shit he just decimated all of them with his atomic breath but there's also really weird levity in the movie to the point where there's a there's a pee gag where a guy's trying to pee godzilla's stomping along so the guy's peeing everywhere he looks out the, the bathroom window and then stomp. 
He's dead. The, Godzilla, indifferent in terms of the people that he takes out. There's the director of this movie, I have to assume, maybe was watching, and this was, um, let me get up to it, freaking IMDb, uh, directed by Shisuke Kaniko. I had to have watched some some George Miller as we've got some motorcycle street toughs terrorizing people on the streets and they get their comeuppance in a horrible way when technically I believe it is the first appearance of Baragon who is the protector of the earth. And it turns out uh, Baragon, Ghidorah, and Mothra are all the defenders of of Earth, all three of them. Their powers combined, you know, again, Captain Planet in a way. So yeah, Ghidorah is not an alien in this version. In fact, holy smokes, there's a scene. I'll, I will tell you this right now. You will think initially there's some animal trauma. Spoiler alert, the dog gets away during the Mothra scene. But it's during the Mothra scene when you realize humanity deserves to be just stomped out entirely. Because there's a moment with these horrible humans and they're going to bury this dog in this coffin in the water. And you're like, what the hell is happening? Mothra shows up, takes them out in a Jaws-esque fashion. Very horror-adjacent moment in this. Technically, this movie is kind of horror-adjacent with all the atrocities that are happening. Again, this is a horror podcast. But the dog gets away. So don't sweat it. Don't sweat it. Also... Our, our Mothra in this version, of course, majestic, wonderful, she, she rules, but has this new projectile thing that she can do with her tail that I've never seen and apparently is a new thing for this version. Sweet. But of course, spoiler alert, where Mothra truly shines is when she can sacrifice herself and then her fallen pollens power up whoever is there to survive. Usually in a lot of the old versions, it's Godzilla, but in this case, it's Ghidorah. And Ghidorah is not yet a king because I think King Ghidorah will have the eight heads as we understand in the mythology here. We only get three-headed Ghidorah, which is the Ghidorah we know. All practical, all wonderful. There's, I'm looking through the, oh, oh yeah. So I talked about a little bit about the music in the movie. Really dug it. They threw in, of course, all the classic themes where they could because, let's face it, you're going to always hear the you're going to hear the you're going to hear those. But then you also want to hear some of the new original themes. And I've always dug with the various eras how they're weird with the style. I think one of my favorites still is Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla from 1974 because it swings. I think, I'm pretty sure we have a scoring with Kaijus somewhere out there on Patreon. Go listen to that one. It's a lot of fun. Uh, in the 80s, you very much of the, the, you know, the style of their times. But here, whoo, we get some really intense themes happening. I mentioned... The little bit of Jaws that we get uh, at the beginning, but no, Koatani's score is incredible. So we're gonna—I'm gonna have you listen to a sample, and the title is the title is everything. This is a uh, sample of "God of Destruction Appears." <laughs> <laughs> 
God damn, that's metal. That is the sound you hear when a god of destruction appears. Freaking awesome. The battles themselves, again, we're going to get some giant monsters battling. Spoiler alert, Godzilla kills them all. This Godzilla, scary, terrifying, no nonsense. There's a a moment where a girl survives one of his original rampages in the movie and she's holed up in a hospital and you, she sees him out of her window coming towards her like he's going to ravage the building. He walks by her and there's this moment of relief where she's like, oh. and I was thinking to myself, wait a minute, wait for it. And sure enough, out the window, you see his tail come through, destroys the building, kills her, of course, and everyone in there. And at that moment, I'm like, God damn, this movie is mean. But I mentioned little bits of levity, and there is a moment when Godzilla is battling Baragon, and he's got Baragon on his back, and Godzilla starts dishing out what is best described as the De Niro kick. And I know We Hate Movies has used this term. This is not an original term by any means. This is something that if you've seen Goodfellas, you know the kick we're talking about. I'm doing it right now. Ideally, so are you if you know the De Niro kick, but he dishes out the De Niro kick on Baragon. It's wonderful. There's a moment when Godzilla takes out Ghidorah. Little bits of Ghidorah rain down on Godzilla. Again, this movie is violent. There are a lot of deaths. So many human deaths involved. This is a mean, mean movie. And it Godzilla is bested in a number of ways. Number one, I'm not sure if the director was a fan of uh, Joe Dante's Inner Space, but they kind of interspace Godzilla. But then also the combined souls and the energy of Mothra, Ghidorah, and Baragon take Godzilla down. And I think, yay, everyone comes out on top. Also, it should be mentioned, the people involved. I haven't even talked about the people. Uh, they're part of this, I don't know, producing group called Digital Q. That's, they're kind of asylum-esque. There's this one guy that has this, this Mick Garris-looking hair that I believe is a wig, but it takes over every scene it's in. Uh I had fun with them. I had a lot of fun with them, but obviously had a lot of fun with this film. But man, oh man, this one holds up to its reputation. 
I think a lot of pe- I know a lot of people actually say this is one of their favorite Godzilla films, and it makes sense. This one you could watch as a double feature with the original, because as it is in the the narrative in the story, it is a direct sequel to it. So yeah, this one is a great way to close out this week on top of uh, our experience with Godzilla versus Biollante. Yeah, this whatever era is your favorite, there's so much goodies to come from. I know uh, there is going to be a Shin Kamen motorcycle rider thingamajiggy coming out. I'm excited because I think Screenland's going to play it. Uh, looking forward to it. So yeah, this, is, this was a blast. So uh, I am thankful that I can now truthfully say... Godzilla, Mothra, and King Ghidorah, giant monsters all out attack. I've seen that. <laughs>